Welcome to Troblack TV's weekly podcast where we feature the world's most extreme athletes. This week, we're doing something a little different. We're introducing Tess Rafferty. Tess is a writer and producer and a comedy talk show host who recently, after the election, created a video titled, What Everyone Who Voted for Trump Needs to Hear. That video, as many already know, went totally viral, surpassing 30 million views at the time of this recording. And as an encore, she followed up with yet another video titled, Prove It, as a response to those who voted for Trump to claim they weren't a racist. It gives me great pleasure and honor to introduce one of America's most courageous women, Tess Welcome to our show. Hi, Dan. Hi. Nice to meet you over the phone. I know. <laughs> I'm sure the time will come when uh, we meet in person here, but uh, thank you for doing this. Well, when they round uh, us up and put us in camps, for sure. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't come to that. That's a scary <laughs> thought. <laughs> oh, sorry. Is that not, is not extreme enough? Is that not triple diamond enough for you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, first of all, major kudos on your first video, what everyone who voted for Trump needs to hear. Wow, you knocked it totally out of the park on that one. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, the, this response has certainly been overwhelming um, and in a mostly, like, 95% good way, which is, you know, really fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I, you know. I can only imagine the kind of response you got over 30 million views. Yeah, um, that, and that's the Occupy thing. You know, we had we had two videos. We did a full-length video, and then Occupy um, cut about five minutes out of it to the one that, that's on their website. That one's got about 30 million views. And even the full-length video, you know, in this day and age, you don't think anyone's going to, like, stick it out for eight and a half minutes. But, you know, we're closing up on 400,000 completed views on that, like people who've watched it the whole way through. So um, it's pretty remarkable. But I think that – you know, I think one thing I've learned is that, you know, as has someone who's been a writer all this time and who's been doing, you know, major, mostly comedy all this time, is that when you have something that people, that really speaks to people, that people want to hear, that people feel like saying themselves, that they feel is really genuine, you know, it just, it resonates with them and, you know, they want to, they want to share it. Absolutely. I mean, when I heard, when I watched you for the first time, I'm just going, oh my God. Right on. Finally, someone said exactly what all of us have been thinking, but been afraid to say because we're afraid of offending people and you know families and friends and all that. And now I've gotten to the point where I just go, you know what? If they're offended by us being offended by what Donald Trump and all his supporters have been saying to us all along, and what they continue to do right now, then they're not really our friends anyway. So why are we pretending? No, I, I think that's a really, I think that's a really good point. Um, you know, and and the point I was making is that, you know, I used to be very, I used to like, be prone to like what I would consider or what other people might have considered like flying off the handle when I was young, as a lot of young pe- younger people are and stuff, which is you know to be expected. And then I tried really hard to get to a place where it was like, you know, I felt like I could be more diplomatic or I felt like we could see both sides. But there's some things there's just not two sides of. Like sometimes it's just like, no, this other side is wrong. This isn't this isn't like, hey, I want to build a school and you want to build a highway. How can we compromise? This is like you're against the majority of the population. You're you're against 
you know, if, if you're voting for Trump, you're against people of color, you're against the LGBTQ community, you're against women. Like, it's like, there's just no middle ground on that. There's no compromise because the compromise they want is a compromise with the rest of our rights. You know, <laughs> and there's like, I couldn't agree more on that. You know, yeah. and they have the audacity to wave the flag like they own it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. It's like, I know. oh my God, you guys. Have you done any history lessons whatsoever of what this country was founded upon? It was, I mean, even with they claim to be the Ronald Reagan party and just go, Reagan, if he was still alive, would be appalled. He'd gone, he, he told Mr. Gorbachev, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall, and you're saying you're going to build the biggest wall ever. So Right, right. And, and you're going to do it with the help of Russia. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, this is, it's bananas times we're living in, and I don't know how... And the irony for me is, you know, I spent a large period of time, you know, calling all the members of the Senate Intelligence Committee and, like, just begging them, can we – can you investigate the relationship that Russia had with our election and everything? And and every time I got a Republican office on the phone, I was like, I can't believe I'm the one telling you guys this. <laughs> like, remember when you used to call us the commies? Remember when we used to be the, the, the Russians, the red commies, you know, whatever? The, when now I'm, like, telling you guys, like, hey, isn't this treason? Like – isn't this isn't this unpatriotic to let a to let a foreign power interfere with our election? Like, and and just the absurdity of the situation was like, you want to make America great again, not just just not the great again when we went to war with a Russia Russia and were suspicious of their activities. Yeah, no kidding. It's uh, it's what, a farce. <laughs> it's a total farce, and it's happening hmm. right now, still as we speak here about CIA coming out with a report saying that. Uh, definite evidence that uh, Russia did interfere and was supporting Trump the whole way. Um, oh, I know. And Mitch McConnell buried it, and now his wife's got an appointment in the Trump White House. It's like, you can't, you really, like, we're like, we can't make this up. Like, everything no. that we've ever watched, like, idiocracy, scandal, like, all these banana shows about the presidency, like, we have now frosted past any of that. This is something we would expect from some third world nation, yeah. not the United States. <laughs> That's what blows me away. It's like, I, you know, I've had people, and I'm sure you had, and I can't wait to hear about them. I've had so many people just firing the most hatred comments my way, just just calling me, uh, you know, move to another country, you know, I'm going to come kill you. I've had I've had several death threats. I'm sure you've had hundreds. Oof. Um, and it's just appalling. You just go people who think, oh, this this wasn't motivated by anger and hatred and racism. You just go bullshit. This thing was all about racism. It was all about hatred. It was all about everything that we have been talking about here. Yeah. What kind of threats have you received? Um, well, mostly, can I, can I swear on this? Is oh, that okay? Oh, you want. Me or something? <laughs> um, is that um, uh, mostly people just like to call me a cunt, <laughs> which, is, which is hilarious to me because I I did a video back in September, uh, back in happier times, about called Sea World, but not as in S E A, as in the letter Sea World, um, mm -hmm. about the largest cunt habitat in um, in America or in the world or whatever. Basically, making fun of the fact that the reason women get called a cunt are usually for very good reasons. Like, not that the person has a good reason, but, like, you call a woman a cunt because she's smart or because she sticks up for herself, you know, or because she doesn't want to date you. Like, it's, like, really hilarious to me that, like, they're, they're wielding this, like, this word at us. And it's, like, I, you know, it's all for good reasons. It's, like, all for things that I stand behind. 
and you think it's, at this point it's not an insult. It's like a badge of honor. So, so I get called a cunt a lot. Um, I got called a mouthy cunt, which I, actually mouthy bothers me more. And this was by a guy who was a Bernie supporter because it's like what you're saying is I don't have a right to my opinion. You know what I mean? Like I'm not getting in your face. I wasn't on, I don't know who this person is. I wasn't on his page. I don't know how he, you know, he found my video and called me a mouthy cunt. It's like, look, I have a right to my opinion. I'm not bothering you with it. It's not my fault you came across it or someone shared it. But to me, it's like, it's it's a way that they make women shut up. You know, like that, like, honestly, the word mouthy bothers me more than cunt. Um, the C word that really offends me as a woman to be called is crazy. You know, so it's like, mm-hmm. I'm, um, so I get that a lot. I have gotten like, you should be raped by ISIS. Um, one person said I deserved a bullet in my brain. Um, you know, it's, um, you know, and, and a lot of people want to argue. I mean, the crazies are like the people who say that Hillary ran a sex trafficking cult. Like, it's just, you know, like the people who want to argue stuff like that, you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe we let you vote. Um, and this is why we're here, I guess, or part of the reason that and Russia, you know, voter suppression, <laughs> like there's a laundry list of reasons why we're here. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a taste of, um, my favorite one was the guy who told me, um, who called me a cunt and then told me he hoped they stepped on a Lego. <laughs> like, like, like cunt had exhausted all of his creativity and the best he could beat it with was, I hope you step on a Lego. <laughs> <laughs> so what inspired this? I mean, you, you were doing comedy and all of a sudden this election came up and did you sit down and just start immediately writing this? Uh, were you collaborating with other people on this? Uh, how did this come about? No, I mean I've been doing, you know, I've been I've been really I've been really passionate about this election um, in particular. But I mean I've had um you know I've had an interest in politics you know all my life. I don't claim to be the smartest person about them or whatever, but you know I've always had an interest in it. Um, and you know this last this election really struck a lot of chords like it, it really hit something for women um when you see someone who has is as a as, as is as, as accomplished as hillary clinton you know and i'm not talking about whether or not you agree with, like you're not going to agree with everything that everybody says like we're you know there's no candidate that mirrors you you know there's no person that mirrors you in this world but like to look at hillary clinton's accomplishments and to look at everything she has done and to just still discount her to say she's no better than Trump, to hear a lot of the misogyny that was coming at her during the primary, and that I found really bothersome. Again, I'm not saying you couldn't support Bernie or you could, you didn't have to, you know, like everything Hillary did, but the specifically, like, the, the specific misogynistic stuff that came at her, you know, like, burn the witch and everything, like, there was numerous things, and, you know, and in, in my opinion, not enough people did enough to distance themselves from that on the democratic side you know it was like we're used to taking this stuff from right-wing men but it felt like we're taking this stuff from liberal men too so i feel like there's a lot of women who could relate this to their own lives you know they had done everything they were supposed to do they had gone out and been the good girl and they'd studied hard and they tried to get to the top of their profession and you know they had just been discounted either by other men they worked with um or people in their lives you know um i mean there's you know numerous stories about like you know women women in a business setting and they pitch something they suggest something they you know they their accomplishments don't get 
looked at like when a man does it, you know, they get ignored or something. And then when a man goes out and says, has the same idea, suddenly everybody's listening. And mm-hmm. so I think that this really hit home for, for me, it hit home for a lot of women I know. And, you know, I had started one of those secret Hillary groups. Um, we grew to be about 4,000 members before we cut off membership because um, it was just sort of too much to manage. And, and so I had been very vocal on Twitter and on my own Facebook page and in my secret groups, this whole election about, about everything that was happening. Um, and then once again, when the, you know, when Donald Trump just constantly disrespects women, when the tapes come out with him and Billy Bush, again, women feel like this is exactly what's happened to me in my life. You know, this is exactly the sexual harassment I've faced, the sexual assault I've faced and how all these people have discounted it or allowed it to happen. So, um, you know, it was, in addition to it being an election and it being a candidate that I felt we could get behind, there was a lot of emotional things also happening. So when this, um, you know, when the election happened and it went south um, as, as quickly as it did, um, you know, I just was thinking about a lot of these things and what, you know, what it what it said to me. Um, I have a few, not a lot, you know, I have a few people in my life who I know voted right wing or probably voted, you know, for Trump and stuff. Um, and it's like, you know, I tried to give them the benefit of the doubt this whole time. And then finally it was like, this is, it just sort of came out of me. Like, this is what you're standing behind. You know, I, I don't know how people don't see it, but, you know, so I felt like that's what I had to say. And I just wrote it. And my friend Steve, who I've worked with as a director before, just said, I want to film this. And I was like, I film it. How are we going to film this? This is like a, you know, 1500 word rant calling it, you know, like, mm-hmm. and he had, he had a great vision for it. And I have to say, like, he really, it is what it is because of what he saw it, um, the potential he saw in it and sort of his vision for it, like from my performance to the way he shot it and everything. So, um, no, it was, it was brilliantly know. done, brilliantly done. Um, it was so timely too. It was perfect because so many of um, us, seriously, so many of us were dealing with, uh, with the same issues. Um, how do we deal with people that when you, I mean, like, for example, my brother, he's, you know, I was born and raised in the state of Maine, right? and my brother's a hardcore Trump guy, hardcore, absolutely hates me, hates California, calls us all a bunch of liberal faggots, and, uh, and promised that he was going to come out here and put a bullet in my head. Um, Jesus so was, Christ. Yeah, that's my own my, my own brother. Okay, so so anyone who says that this whole election isn't personal, it's very personal. I mean, I've witnessed it firsthand. I've had, I mean, I can go on and on, just like you could. But when you came up with that video, and this is all before your video came out, and you you said that I'm going, oh my god, finally it's going. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. It was beautiful. It's it's um well well thank you very much. It's yeah, it's, I'm tired of, I mean, like, they're making things against us personal every day, and then when we get upset, they tell us not to take it personally. And it's like, but you're taking away my personal freedoms. You're, you know, um, you're taking away the personal freedoms of people I love. Like, how is this not personal? Um, but I feel like there's just a disconnect, you know. They tell you they're not a racist or they're not homophobic, and the first thing they do, um, my husband got into it with some stranger online, and um, and he's Irish. His last name couldn't be more Irish. And the first thing they called him was, like, a Jewish faggot. And it's like, 
there's nothing wrong with being Jewish or being gay, but the fact that the first place your head goes with any of these people is to a, a racial and a like a sexual slur is like, and you're telling me you're not racist is like, do you just not get it? Like, do you, do you just not get that that to you is a bad thing to call someone, which would inherently make you homophobic and, you know, racist. It's like, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, um, it's kind of absurd, but I guess they don't get it. And I guess they won't get it if we don't tell them. (laughs) What inspired the second one? COVID. You know, I think it was, I think it was all the people saying, but I'm a good, you know, I'm, I'm a good person. And, and all knowing all the people, like, I'm sure you would. I'm sure your brother would say, I'm a good person. And I'm sure he would point to whatever he does in his life that he thinks makes him a good person. And it's just, you know, okay, but then if you don't believe in these things, like, you know, you hear a lot from like, well, that doesn't, they don't speak for all of us or that's not the whole party. Okay, well, then show us, you know? You know, like, you know, I get I get a lot of people saying, like, they're defensive of what I wrote, because a lot of people really felt the need to tell me they weren't racist, they weren't homophobic, which I think is hilarious, because I didn't know them, mm-hmm. so what do I care? And yeah. it's like, you know, I mean, seriously, like, I'm, I, you know, and, and their defense was, um, well, you know, I have a half Mexican son, or my cousin is gay, or my parents adopted two African American children, you know, and it's like, well, how do you think those people feel about what you just did? You know, like, how are you like, okay, then what are you doing to protect these people you say you love or you say that are important to you? Um, And the biggest thing I couldn't get out of my head was just, again, that photo that I talk about at the end, the one of Elizabeth Eckford um, going to school um, at Little Rock Central High School after they desegregated it and all the white people angry behind her and yelling and it's like, you're, you're those people. You don't get it right now, but maybe if we can show you an historical context, like maybe you'll get it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I, I mean, I would like, honestly, like, I would like for one person to just be like, you know what, you're right, or I understand. Like one person say, I voted for Trump, but you're right, this is too much. I believe in Republican ideals, but this anti-Semitism is too much, you know? Just like, just someone like to be like, yeah, you're right. We have to do something. We have to, we can't let this stand in our country. Um, that would really satisfy me. But if not, again, I feel like we, we have, I know in my own life, and I think for a lot of people, we've tried so hard to keep the peace because like no one wants everyone to yell at Thanksgiving. And it's like, all we've done is make these people feel like they can have their hateful beliefs and it's still going to be okay because we're still going to be nice to them at Christmas, you know? Um, and it's like, no, challenge it. You know, you should you should feel a little shame if this is what you believe. It's you know doesn't really make you a good person. Not at all. Not at all. I was at a uh, <laughs> I've been to a number of different uh, Google and Facebook uh, gatherings down here in Silicon Valley, and they're all sharing the same sentiment. They're all trying to figure out, oh my God, what do we do? We can't. We we've, we've had you know people are. We're all comparing numbers of how many people we had to unfriend from Facebook and everything else. I'm I'm well over 100, and wow. I call I call it cleaning up the swamp. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, well, I mean, if this really gets down to our fundamental beliefs. Um, if you believe that this country was created and founded upon that all people, regardless of their color, regardless of their race, regardless of their sexual preference, whatever it may be, are treated and should be treated equally. Um, then we have something to talk about. 
But if you don't share that common belief and you believe what Trump has been campaigning on and the people like Bannon that he has been appointing, um, then we really have nothing to talk about anymore. We really don't. Um, no. I mean, it really – it's um, – yeah, it really kind of comes down to a basic a basic decency of character. It you really know? Yeah, and you you and said it even about the Christian movement here. Um, you know, I I have a lot of people who have strong faith, and not one of them would look at Trump and and say that this person shares my common beliefs. Uh, I, I know for a fact if Jesus was still alive, I mean, he would he would be appalled. He'd be the one leading the revolution. <laughs> Yeah. No, I agree. It's the one regret I have that got lost in the first piece because I had just written it on my own Facebook page originally. And, you know, it's something I, I talk about in the context of my own friends is I know a lot of friends who have strong Christian faith and are always out there, you know, you know, like you said, they would never be like these people speak for me. They would never be like Trump speaks for me. And they're out there fighting the good fight not just like politically and in the world and volunteering and stuff, but also among among people in their own faith, trying to change people's perceptions or at least broaden people's perceptions and say, hey, listen, not all Christians are members of the Christian right and out there, you know, you know, campaigning for gay conversion therapy or something. Some of us are very inclusive and blah, 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 and love everybody and whatever. And um, And so it got a little lost in my first thing. Because, like I said, because it, I started off talking about my own biases as a younger person um, about Christians and Republicans, and then it kind of, and then it kind of got the way the piece evolved. It kind of looked like I, it just looked like I didn't recognize that fact that there are plenty of good Christians out there, and I know many of them. So I felt I felt badly about that. Um, the only thing I kind of was like, oh, if I if I had really known where this was going to go, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I would have. I might have like added something else to it to sort of broaden to say like yes I realize that you're out there you know thank you for you know thank you for fighting the fight and stuff. Well, that's why I probably love your prove it video not more than the first one but just it, it really because I've had a number of friends who have said the same thing um, just because um, I voted for Trump doesn't mean I'm a racist. Well, I was at mm-hmm. one of the uh, here's a good example um, that turned into. At our, oh my God, on Facebook, um, I had to delete everything because it was just so appalling. Um, I was at a wedding in North Carolina, uh, oh. and and just driving to the wedding, I was driving by all these Confederate flags, and I get there and I'm standing there and I'm feeling a little out of place because, um, you know, these are all people who are completely different than me in the sense of they just they. I don't want to get into it for that part, but the point I'm trying to make is that this guy came up to me and he said, so what do you think of that nigga in the White House? And Jesus I Christ. Him, and I didn't know what to say to him because it's just like, oh, my God, he want to make a scene right here amongst all these people who I really was starting to feel I was in the KKK <laughs> gathering here. And, you know, these same people had the audacity to say, well, it's just because I voted for Trump doesn't mean I'm a racist. <laughs> and I had to, to remind them of what I experienced in their at their wedding. Yeah. And it's like, and they still didn't get it. Like, just because we uh, think uh, Obama is a nigger doesn't mean that uh, we're racist. <laughs> I was like, 
unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, um, yeah, I mean, it really, it'll make, it'll make you crazy, like, that they can't see it. Um, they really don't it, get it, because they've been, they've been thinking that, that way for so long. And, and, you know, one of the things, my next sort of, the next thing, area I really want to move into is what, where we, what we do, how we, how we confront that. You know, mm-hmm. how do white people confront racism because this is our problem you know um this is not something we can't expect we can't expect the people who are the victims of this problem to solve it for us this is something we Mm -hmm. need to do you know in our own families and among our friends you know um and it's like what do you you know what do you what do you say to that it's like we have to know how to um you know how to respond to that and how to um you know how to bring as many people over as we can you know there you know there are people who um there are people who I do believe don't treat anyone differently and yet they have this sort of like um inherent racism you know and just some of the things they say or or in the way they look at things you know um and it's like you know or sexism or homophobia or whatever it is but it's that to me is like a really it's like okay this is we've got to we've got to do better as a community and figure out how to, how to address these things when we say it, because I feel like we're so shocked, especially those of us who live in a bubble like this, mm-hmm. like we're so shocked when something like that happens, but we can't afford to be, you know? I, I truly believe it's a start because I've actually, this morning I had, cause I had posted your video, it, shared it. Um, I had a number of people um, tell me to take it down that they were offended by it. Oh. And, and I and I responded to them. I I, I took their message down because I didn't want. I was like, "Thank you for revealing yourself," <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> and I and I sent them, and I sent them a personal message privately because I didn't want to air it on my page. And I said to them, "You know, um, just like the video says, prove that you're not one of these people. Post something on Facebook that shows that you oppose Trump's alt-right appointees, like Bannon." If you can do that, then maybe we can continue this conversation. But if you can't at least do that, then we have nothing to talk about. We're not really friends after all. It's, um, no, it's very, like, like, here's my thing about the second video is, like, if you're offended by something in this, this means that this hits close to home. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This means that you're one of these things. This means that you've got some shit you need to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is like, because if, if you're not, like, if you're really like, if you're really against this stuff, then you've got no problem. Like, look, you know, I voted for Obama. I'm a huge fan of Obama. I didn't think he came around to gay marriage soon enough. And I was very fucking vocal about that, you know, um, like, you know, in my, among my, fr- you know, among my friends and, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, it wasn't like I had a public platform, um, you know, I've kind of backed into this one. Um, this was, you know, not really intentional, but, you know, at the time, like, I, you know, I still, and I still talk about it. Like, you know, that you, you can be for someone and not like everything they do. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what it is about their mentality that's afraid of, of saying that, of not agreeing with everything their te- their team does or, or not looking at some of their things that, you know, like looking at their own behavior and questioning, like, okay, well, what biases am I 
what biases am I bringing to this, you know? Um, and, you know, also, like, I just think there's a thing about privilege, you know, um, and it gets talked about a lot, and I think that it people don't – people like to be offended when you say check your privilege or talk about white privilege or something, and they're not – they don't really understand what it means. You know, and there's something they're not let going of. Like, I've, you know, you try to explain it to people, and it's like, you know, it's like, look, simply put, it doesn't mean you grew up any richer than anyone else or that you had anything that anyone else did or didn't have. It just means that because of the color of your skin or because of your gender or because of, you know, your your sexual orientation that you didn't grow up. Or, you know, because of your abilities or something, because, you you know, you didn't have a disability, you didn't grow up. There's just something inherent to how people who do have one or more of those things are going to be treated by the world. You know, mm-hmm. there's a difference between if you see yourself represented in the world, like if you don't see strong, you know, people of color on television or strong women in the workplace or something, then you don't feel as empowered as like a straight white man does who sees, who sees that most of the people in the world resemble him. Most of the people in the business world resemble him. It's like the message that you have a place in this world, you know, and that's just like one example. Like there's so many more examples of how we're treated based on these, you know, um, you know, based on whatever it is. And I think that, you know, for us, you know, and one thing I've, it's taken me a long time to learn is that when someone else is telling you what it's like for them, and you've got a privilege that they don't have, you know, um, you just shut up. <laughs> you just shut up and listen. And you mm-hmm. don't tell them, like, oh, well, that's not the case, or I never treated anyone differently, or whatever, because you are not them. You don't know how they – you don't know how this all affected them, you know. Um, and you can actually learn a lot when you just show up and you just believe what someone's telling you. Um, but people have such a problem with it, and – and I get it. It's like, you know, there's still questions I ask myself. Well, why is this making me defensive? And it's like, I, I don't know why it's making me defensive, but I want to look at it because there's no reason this should make me defensive. And you have to sit with some stuff for a while and go, okay, well, what what is it, you know? Um, why can't I just take this person's word for that this was their experience, you know? Um, but it's really it's really hard for people. And I think when – I think that people aren't – when they go, when you hear like, oh, I have to prove I'm not a racist, they don't hear like, maybe I should look at my own actions and see why half the country right now thinks that I'm a racist, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, maybe maybe I should look at just what this means and why couldn't I support someone? Why couldn't I support a female candidate? Why couldn't I, why couldn't I, why did I have to support a man? Why did I feel it was okay to support a man who talks about, who, who's been proven just grabs women and kisses them? Like, we all forget the People Magazine reporter came out and said he did this exact same thing to me. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally going off here, and I apologize. No, I'm not no, allowing no. for any discussion. <laughs> this is exactly why I wanted to have a conversation, because I knew you would go off. Thank you. <laughs> You know, one of the things that we were all talking about, this gets back to the um, Google and Apple gatherings, Facebook gatherings, um, is that we came to the conclusion that education was the key, is that um, the Republicans want to continue to dumb down our society because that's where they get the majority of their votes. We, on the other hand, realize that if we want uh, the Democratic Party to grow, we need to educate more people. And so 
they're moving towards a direction of, of can these companies collaborate somehow together, and I pray that they do this, where they make education free online so that people can go at least and get an online education and, and, and change their lives, hopefully, for the better, and maybe be able to look at the world a little bit differently. Wow, yeah. Um, no, that's, that's um, I mean, that's a really, that's a really great solution. I do think, I mean, I do think it's education. The part I just wonder is, you know, what do you do, you know, what do you do when it's too late by the time they're eight or nine? You know what I mean? Like, what do you do? How do you get in there? Like, a lot of these people, this is stuff they're, they're learning in their communities and their families. Like how do you undo that? How do you how do you reach those people? Um, know. You know that might not might not seek out an education online, might not have access to Wi-Fi. I mean, there's also um, you know it's it's not just a socio issue; it's an economic issue too for a mm-hmm. lot of um, you know a lot of these communities. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, you know, it's just um, you know it's like money's being taken away from you know. Wait, is kindergarten's not mandatory anymore or something? I don't know enough about it. I just know people always say like, you know, there's there's like don't they don't need public kindergarten, let alone public public preschool. Like, how do we, you know, how do we reach these people? And, and it's why I'm grateful for the people sticking it out and you know the blue people sticking it out in red states. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how they trying do it. trying to make a difference. My mom just came. Um, she visited us from the state of Maine uh, for Thanksgiving. I do and love Maine. <laughs> it's a beautiful state, but unfortunately, yeah. it is it's so hardcore Trump right now, and it's, it's right. scary. Um, my mom was telling us stories about how she was afraid. She feels like she felt the only way she can describe it is this: she feels like she's in uh, neo-Nazi Germany, where she's uh. afraid to even. Um, talk to anyone about anything because she's afraid that they're one of them and if they, and if they are one of them, she could get kicked out of her home. Um, you know, it will create problems for her because, as you know, the Trump people are just so vindictive. If they find out you're against them, they're, they're after you um, viciously. So my mom came out here and she was literally crying. Uh, she just said, oh my God. it's so good to just be here among people who actually believe the same things as her and so it was sad to see her go back because I know where she's going back to and I, I fear for her sometimes yeah um, and it's um, and the one thing that I find like absolutely disgusting is the false equivalency on the other side of saying they, they're the first ones to call us snowflakes and tell us we're crybabies and pussies but Man, do these fucking people melt like frosty in a flower shop if you call them a racist? And they're like, you know, they they think you're being intolerant if you call them out on on their intolerance. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. Like they think they're being persecuted when you call them a racist. Um, I got more things like for someone who preaches tolerance, you're sure being intolerant in this, and I'm like. It is not intolerant to, to, to tell you people you're being intolerant. Like, it's the weirdest fucking manipulative catch-22 fucking, like, crazy bullshit. And on top of it, it's like, well, aren't we are, – you're, you're, you're making fun of safe spaces and trigger warnings to me, and yet this really seems to have set you off. Big time. And I don't, I don't <laughs> think it's any better either. That's the scary thing about it. No, um, but, you know um, – I don't care either. 
I'm like I, I feel like I, I feel like for the majority of Clinton's campaign, I've been on this side, like really trying to try to like be like, look, I get like apologizing for a stellar candidate because God forbid you say no, she's an amazing candidate. Like everybody just shamed you into like saying, yeah, you're right, she did that one thing and that was a mistake, or oh yeah, she could have done this better in 1986 or whatever. And it's like, all right, well, if I just sat there equivocating in a, in a way that you don't for any other candidate, like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't hear anyone, I didn't ever heard anyone on the Bernie side saying, yeah, he should have had a job before the age of 30 or he should have voted before he turned 41 and voted for himself. You know, like I never heard anyone acknowledge, I've never heard anyone acknowledge a male candidate's faults. Like I felt mm-hmm. like we were made to on, you know, on behalf of uh, Secretary Clinton. And it's like, look, if, if all that equivocating and apologizing to y'all didn't make, you know, and she still didn't win the election, I'm sure not going to do it now. You know, I'm Well, you I'm know what a lot of that was? Uh, it was also racism against her, uh, not just because she was a woman, because I heard this in North Carolina, the same guy who said, well, what do you think of that nigger in the White House? And, uh, and another guy came over, next thing you know, we're, they're talking about, uh, so what do you think of... Hillary, that nigger lover. And so they, they hated her because oh. not only because she was a woman, because she was sucking up to what they call a nigger, which made her a nigger lover. It Jesus goes back Christ. to that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I got kind of a, a little glimpse of what really was going on. And even though they all deny that that's going on, it is what was going on. <laughs> it was clearly, they were denying it with the same mouth they were proving it with. Well, just like just like the candidate Trump. I mean, he would make one comment, and the next day say he didn't when it was recorded yeah. live on TV. <laughs> it seems it seems crazy to imagine that we would get to that place in this country, and yet at the same time, you're like, well, we've got evidence that a foreign power interfered in our election. What you know what I mean? Like. What, I mean, shouldn't what, this guy our, be disqualified what, what's automatically? Our, what's our that? breaking point? What yeah. are your thoughts about California succeeding from the nation? Man, we got to bring a state with water with us. <laughs> I think, or just throw our money into desalinization. You know, like let's we always we've always got like a huge tech base here. Let's just work on you know we but we need water. I think if we're going to be self sufficient, um, we need water. I um I don't um you know the idea appeals to me like it appeals to you um and also I know that you know it makes me I know there's people in the rest of the country who need us and want us to stay mm-hmm. and need us fighting for them so I, I don't know but it's you know it's like what do you do with um you know, I, I can't, I don't, I certainly don't have, look, there's been days where, you know, obviously there's been days in the last couple of weeks where I would have voted for it had it been on the ballot that day. Um, you know, I, I can't, I, you know, look, I'm just a dick joke writer. I can't speak to the pros and cons and what it would do to the economy and stuff. Um, you know, just like, I, you know, but, um, but I do think, um, you know, I do think it's fucked up that, like, our vote counts less than people in Wyoming. You know, mm-hmm. like there's more of us, and yet, like they get a bigger percentage of, they get more electoral votes per capita than we do. You know, um, I think if you don't want a, um, I, I think if you don't want a state like California to try to secede, you should try to fix that. You know, 
maybe uh, uh, getting rid of the uh, college electorate in the first place. Yeah, That'd be you know, a good start. Electoral college. I remember. I remember like when you're eight years old and learning about it. And I remember being like eight, being like, and I'm not saying like I'm a. It was like a gifted child. I mean, I was like, you know, like I did well in school, but I'm not saying I was just like, I was Doogie Hauser or something like, you know, starting med school at 14. I'm just going to say that as an eight year, as your average eight year old child, I remember hearing about that and thinking that's fucked up. And I remember going, well, I don't understand. Like, how come that is? And then the teacher's like, oh, it's just because of this. And I was like, yeah, that still doesn't make any sense to me. You're going to have to do better. Oh, see, it's like, oh, it's so that people feel like their vote does matter. And it's like, no, I don't under this to me this matters not like this makes me feel like my vote matters less. Um and that was in Delaware where we got like one electoral vote, you know. <laughs> um, Unbelievable. We probably should be happy with it. Um, but uh I just didn't I was like, This doesn't make any sense to me and we in two thousand after Gore we all said, Again, this makes no sense to us and now it's like, you know, we're we're about to ignore the fact that three million more of us voted for one candidate who were not declaring the winner, and that's like, you know. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's mad. That five hundred, that five hundred thirty-eight people decide the outcome. That's that's just unbelievable. That I don't call that democracy at all. I I look at that and I just go, wow. Um, so based on a winner count. takes all percentage, yeah, no. It's really disillusioning. It's it's really kind of disheartening, and I find you can only sit with it for so long before, like, because I mean, you won't leave the house, mm-hmm. you know. So, so what's next for you? What's next for me? <laughs> I'm enjoying, enjoying, trying to find a way to enjoy my Christmas. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like I said, I I want to do. I really want to explore. You know, I'm gonna. I really want to explore the issue of confronting racism. Like, how do we how do we help there? Um, and kind of just, you know, that that's like the thing in the front of my mind. And then, and but also like bringing attention to all of the all of the people that are being marginalized by this administration. You know, mm-hmm. try you know um, bringing these issues out there. Um, you know, is my is sort of like my I guess you could call my pet project right now. Um, you know, really working on inclusivity. Um, you know, just giving a voice to people who half the country wants to shut our voices up right now. Do you have any political aspirations in terms of running for anything? Well, you know, I like to say that 17 minutes of Google searching would turn up something that would prohibit me from, you know, running for public office, but I don't even know if that's true <laughs> these days. Um, I, I've never, I never really have. I just feel like, you know, I, I, um, you know, I don't, I feel like I wouldn't be good at it. I feel like I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a very complicated thing to do. I mean, you know, you're looking at policies and budgets and, and understanding, like, the minutia of laws and also getting out in a community and, you know, meeting people and hearing what their needs are and trying to reach across aisles to work with people. And I don't know, um, it's you know, it's a really difficult skill set. Few people are very good at it. And I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if I would be, um, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, um, you, but that's... You certainly you know, have... Uh... And that's for doing what you're doing, though. Um, 
Well, thank you, baby. I'll just yeah, keep. no, I would, I would uh, continue pumping these out because I think you could actually do a lot of good. You could. Um, there's a lot of people who really need a voice out there that speaks to them, and your voice does speak to a lot of us. And, and well, it, really I, spoke, it really spoke to me. I really appreciate hearing that. You know, I. It's one thing I've kind of learned in the last couple of years of my life is that I think there's nothing worse than feeling alone. Um, like even when times are tough, if you feel alone in them, it's, it makes it so much worse. And, um, you know, one thing I learned, you know, was that, that, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously in a bubble where I, you know, I'm married to a writer. I, I know a lot of writers. I know a lot of creative people who, you know, express themselves on a regular basis and, you know, I took it for granted that, like, everybody has these, you know, has these thoughts and can express them, and it was really humbling. It was really humbling to learn how many, you know, how many people, like, were like, this is, I, I couldn't put this into words, um, you know, so thank you for, like, it's like all the stuff that's been swirling in my brain, and you gave me a voice, and I just didn't know what it was and stuff, and it's also it's incredibly therapeutic for me. It makes me feel less alone, you know, to hear someone mm-hmm. say, this is what I'm thinking. It's like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one. It's not just me who feels crazy. It's not just me who feels, you know, despair and discouragement at this current situation and frustration and anger at the people in our lives who we love, but who can kind of sit back and watch this stuff happen. You know, well, this, this could be, an opportunity for you to have a similar voice as someone like Michael Moore. So I'm going to be watching you and <laughs> cheering, cheering you on and anything that we can do to support what you're doing, um, obviously sharing and posting, and, uh, uh, whatever we can do to help. Please let us know because um, we love what you're doing. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Dan. I really, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank you for having me on and I just appreciate every uh appreciate the support and stuff. You're welcome and I look forward to our next chat. Me too. And keep up the good work out there. You're you know, you're out you're doing something right if you're getting death threats. I guess, <laughs> right? That's what people tell me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Well take uh, care of yourself and, and uh keep up. I can't wait to um Watch your next video. All right, all right. Thanks a lot. Well, listen, have a have a great uh, have a great rest of your day and stuff. Likewise, likewise. Take care. Bye bye. Okay, you too. Bye bye. Wow, if that wasn't inspiring and uplifting at the very same time, I'm not sure what will be. But one thing is for sure: we need more people in the world like Tess Rafferty, people that have the courage to speak out and be the voice of the people. Being an athlete that has been involved in extreme sports for the last 40 plus years, I know it's a long time, but I have been. I believe I developed the skill set to recognize courage when I see it. When I first set out to launch Triple Black, I thought it would just be a website and company that would only represent the most extreme athletes. And that's what it has been and that's what's going to remain as our primary focus and goal, but at the very same time, I believe it's our moral obligation both as a person individually and as a company, it's our obligation to represent those who are being just as courageous and just as extreme in their own way. As Martin Luther King said, 
our lives begin to end the day, we become silent about the things that matter. <laughs> Think about that. Are you speaking out or are you remaining silent because you're afraid of offending those who have no problem offending ours? Are you going to stand by and watch the Trump regime destroy our environment? privatize our national parks, drill up and down the coastline in search of oil, and carry out these acts of racism against our brothers and sisters? Or are you going to speak out and be as courageous as Teth Rafferty? That is the question I'm posing to all of you. Until next week, my friends, this is Damian Goodwin with Troll Black TV, your entertainment source for extreme 